Well, welcome back to Two Pastors and a Mic. My name is Shannick. And I'm Corey. And we're so thankful that you're joining us today, wherever you are, whether you're listening or now watching us on YouTube, we're so thankful to have you. So we would like to ask uh, for you to leave a review if you haven't done so. You can Do rate us on Spotify even, rate us on Apple Podcast, leave a share review. It. We appreciate those. And then lastly, yes, share this podcast. Do it. Our friends from the Netherlands shared our podcast, episode 81. Peter, big shout out to you. Love you, big guy. Appreciate all the support. And can't wait to see you later on next In month. May, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, our friends, uh, Peter and then Alexander's coming over as well. And I think Dax is going to be with There's us There's a couple. Too. Yeah. yeah. Jamie was telling me yesterday about some people. Uh, there's two others that are coming. Awesome. Forgot them off the top of my head. Oh, uh, Stanley and Matthias. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matthias, yeah. Matthias, yeah. I can't wait to see all you guys. So if you're watching, love you guys. We're going to have a lot of fun here in a couple <laughs> couple weeks. But hey, we just had Easter. Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. It's just fun to preach to a full church, but also like an excited church. Yeah. So we had I, baptism it, to open up yesterday, so which amazing. was so cool. 15, um, most of them kids, a few teenagers. And then, uh, Abby got baptized. That was awesome. But yeah. then I had the privilege of baptizing my son Jude. So that was a, a cool, really cool, special moment. Gotta be one of the best moments in life. Yeah. Almost like winning a green jacket. <laughs> The Masters. It was. It was. I didn't Masters watch any weekend. of it, by the way. I just watched the last hole. I, I paid attention to it just because I think the Masters. Even though I'm a big other sports fan and think the Stanley Cup is the best trophy in the world, it, the Green Jacket's got to be the best feeling ever in sports. Just w what a cool trophy. Yeah, the traditions are pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, like the, like you were telling me before, like the winner from the previous year puts the jacket on the winner from this year. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's just prestigious. They have a dinner, and you, if you've won, you're the only people that's invited to the dinner. And then you told me that the previous winner gets to pick the dinner. Oh yeah, so cool. I love the I love the Masters. I, I don't like watching golf because I think it's boring it puts me to, to watch. Sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I like okay. I'll turn on the 18th hole of round four if it's close. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. Speaking of golf, um, I have a love hate relationship with golf yeah like, that that's the question of the week tell us yeah i know you wanted me to tell story. this story and which i don't know if you've told it before or not but if you did it, it's worth telling again yeah it's fine like i actually can appreciate getting out on the golf course a lot like i like the atmosphere i just am awful at the game like terrible matter of fact i'm going to tell you a story real quick about how um several years ago now i almost killed a guy <laughs> and when i say that like I'm not exaggerating this. I literally thought I might have killed a guy. I was in Panama City on vacation with my family. Went down with my mother and father-in-law. Um, and uh, he knew a golf pro at one of the local um, courses down there. And so I'm like, look, I'm, I'm bringing my clubs, but I'm horrible. He's like, oh, well, he'll give you a few <laughs> lessons before we get out there. And uh, we got on the first hole, and he's like, okay, go ahead and hit a couple. We're just practice for a little bit. And he's like, okay, try this, try this. And I'm still slicing to the right. I mean, a wicked slice to the right. It, it goes more right than it does straight. <laughs> Let's just say that. And so um, every single hole, he's helping me. We're the only ones out there at the time. He's like, take your time. We'll get, we'll get a few tee shots in every single hole. Well, hole three, I hit one. He's like, you know. Let's just have fun today. I, I can't help you anymore. <laughs> no. That's what he <laughs> so, said to you? Oh, yeah. I didn't know yeah. that part of the yep. story. So we go on um, with That's the day. That's going to be the most encouraging thing and, you've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're on, I believe it's hole 12. And 
Um, we just had come off like uh, hole 11 and we're teeing off on 12, but they're parallel to each other. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking and I'm on the tee box and, and there's a couple out on the fairway coming the other direction, but they're over top these like little pine trees. And I'm like, I better wait. And the guy I'm with, he's a club pro. He's like, no, you, you're not going to hit that far. No, you, you, you're fine. Go ahead and hit. So I hit and then sure enough, it goes straight up and to the right over top of those pine trees headed right to them. And I yell four, but the thing is they're, they're a good distance away. They don't hear me. They don't move the, there was a, it was a couple and the chick was out getting ready to hit. The dude was in the golf cart and I'm seeing the trajectory of this ball. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. He's inside the cart. Well, just so happens that the trajectory was perfect and aligned where it dove right into the golf cart. And (laughs) I'm on the tee box of 12 and I'm like looking at all this go down like it's in slow motion. And I hear from this far away, the dude go, Ugh! and then just kaplut, 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 whatever. Have you ever used that word in I, your life? Never. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. Like <laughs> he, he fell out of the golf cart. He goes, Ugh! and he fell out of the golf cart. Just oh like gosh. a flat fall. Like he was dead weight on the ground. And then didn't move. And didn't move. <laughs> And I looked at my stepfather-in-law and this golf pro and he's like, well, you got to go over and see if yeah. he's okay. And I'm like, I do not want to like, this is embarrassing, but also not only that, like this guy could be seriously like injured. Oh my gosh. So the drive of shame. So we, we go around and I come up a um, little sigh of relief because by the time we get back to the cart or his cart, he's like setting up in the cart head down. And I'm like, okay, He's alive, thank God, for one. And so we come over, and my stepfather-in-law, Tim, he gets out and goes up to the guy, and um, he's kind of holding his leg, and he's like, man, you let me see what, what, what's it like. So he pulls his arm away, and you know like those old cartoons when they get knocked in the head or mm-hmm. whatever, they get a knot, and it like instantly grows out. And I swear this guy had a knot coming off of his knee like two or three inches. Mm. And uh, he was looking at it, and the guy goes, are you a doctor? He's like... Well, no, he goes, well, don't touch it. You don't know anything about this. And he goes, I think I'm going to be fine. This sucks, but I'll be fine. And, and then Tim goes, all right, well, we'll have a round of beers for you guys at back at the clubhouse when you get back. And he goes, deal. And then we moved it on, moved on. And, um, let's just say holes 13 through 18. I didn't tee off. I was too rattled. I gave up. (laughs) I mean, you hit a guy. I gave up. The odds of that. I wonder how many people, how many of our listeners have hit a guy with a golf ball? That is a, the best golf story out there. I don't know. It was it was horrendous. I love it. Terrifying. But that's why, I mean, again, I can appreciate golf. I love getting it on the course, especially a beautiful course. There's nothing like it, just driving around on the golf cart. But, man, playing, it just is so frustrating because I am not good at it. And I want to be good, but also to be good, you got to play a lot, and I don't play a lot. So. Yeah. Well, I don't. That's I don't my golf a, story. I don't have a golf story that can top that. <laughs> my golf stories involve either flipping a cart, or, man, one of my good friends, Dave, at his bachelor party, Zach was driving and with Benny, and they flipped a cart, and no one was drinking, and that was just a ton of fun. And last year, Braden reminded me that I dropped Chandler Dale outside of a cart. We we're in the second <laughs> hole in the morning, and I wasn't trying to do it on purpose, but quick turn and I thought he was holding on and he went flying out. He was soaking wet for the rest of the day. So 
Shout out to Chandler uh, Dale. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of dropping stuff on a golf course, um, just to throw you under the bus, I remember you actually told this story on this podcast. Yeah. Where you uh, like two years pooped ago in a in a cup. I was in grade eight. <laughs> I was dared, and uh, I don't back down from a dare. We used to live on a golf course, the in between third and fourth hole. So I went out there and pooped right in the third hole cup. But we didn't stay to see anybody's reaction. I was going to say, did, you, you know, did somebody hit it in there? You and... know, somebody went up to putt and <laughs> saw a human turd. It was like, oh, we just had somebody turn off the podcast. And they're, All right, we're done yeah, with this. Let's, let's, I was just going to say, let's move on, please. I'm sorry I even brought that up. <laughs> Why'd you bring that up? Yeah. I don't know. It just popped in my mind. Oh, All what right, you do what as an got? adolescent. Today, you know, we're talking about sound doctrine. What a transition from turds and cups to sound doctrine. Yep. You might be thinking, these guys definitely don't have it. Last week, you know, we talked about what is a false teacher and interesting conversation. So this week we thought to piggyback what is sound doctrine. Um, you know, we looked at the verse. The very first verse we looked at from last week was Second Timothy 4, 2 through 4, which says, preach the word, be prepared in season, out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. And again, this this text usually gets used as a reference to why the grace message is wrong. People will say grace is itching your ear. And the ironic reality of this verse is it's talking about mixture when you add old covenant law living right. rules and regulations to grace is what itching ears why because it creates a measuring stick it creates a do's and don'ts list that you can quantify how you're doing and how you're living and oftentimes when we do this we look at other people and compare ourselves oh i'm doing better than them so i'm worthy and when you try to do things to earn a gift that was freely given grace righteousness worthiness all of those things then that's actually what this verse is talking about that is not sound doctrine so actually the irony of it is sound doctrine is grace jesus plus nothing equals everything right just like last week this so goes in line with false teaching because false teachers were those that were teaching uh law yeah. or the mixture and same with sound doctrine is what you're saying is yeah. it's this mixture where it's trying to mix old and new covenants together when that happens it's not sound doctrine and right. you know so he puts in here people won't put up with sound doctrine so let's just kind of dive in to see what exactly scripture has to say about yeah. what sound doctrine actually is um, and to do that we got to go to titus chapter two um, and this podcast we're kind of just going to do like an exegetical study we're going to read yeah. through titus two and really it will unpack what sound doctrine yeah actually and, is. And sound doctrine, there's other verses that talk about it, but Titus chapter two unpacks the whole thing. I think you'll see very clearly what sound doctrine actually is, again, according to Titus two. Yeah. And it starts off with verse one this way. Um, Paul's writing to, or no, this is Titus. No, it's he, Paul, Paul, Paul writing, writing to, to Titus. Titus. Yeah. He says, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. Yep. So here we're going to see, he's going to address exactly what sound doctrine is. And then verses two through five, he writes, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of self-respect, self-controlled, and in sound, sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, 
to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. So in this passage, sound doctrine is all about patience, self-control, love, and faith. Mm -hmm. But then what about all the rules that we think sound doctrine actually is? Mm -hmm. So Paul's going to address that in the next few verses. We would assume so. So he continues in verses six through eight. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So it sounds like sound doctrine, like he started off in verses two through five, he continues the same thought in verses six through eight, is all about how we treat one another, which is a bit ironic because he's about to talk about slavery here in a moment. But yeah, sound doctrine is all about, like what you said, patience and self-control, love and faith. It's really that simple. How we treat others. How we treat others. What are we listening to? What's the message? Is it encouraging us and spurring us on to love and building up one another, loving one another, all of that? Or is it a me-focused doctrine? Mm -hmm. I think then we can decide what sound doctrine might be. And you mentioned that he's about to talk about slavery, verses 9 and 10. This is what he says. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God and our Savior attractive. Hmm. Now, as we were going through this right before the, the podcast, this is one of those verses that a lot of people just want to skip over and not address, and we didn't want to do that. And it's easy to skip over because it seems like here Paul is mm-hmm. trying to condone slavery. Right. And of course, let's just get out of the way. Slavery is 100% wrong. It's Facts. atrocious. Um, but I believe a lot what is really going on here culturally is um, if you try to condone slavery using this verse, it kind of proves how you can use the Bible as a weapon, right? So if we look at this and just peel it back a little bit, I believe what's more important here is what Paul is challenging Titus to do is to live an authentic life. And there at the end, he specifically uses the word attractive to make Jesus attractive. And I love that word because really it speaks to us. Are we living in a way that is attractive to other words Mm -hmm. or to to others? In other words, is your Christianity beautiful. Yeah. I love that he spent time there because we can debate about what those specific verses are talking about. But at the end of the day, like we have people we submit to. So let's just take it out of context and put it into our 21st century modern context. Okay. Do you submit to a boss that you don't respect and don't like, but are you still able to honor and respect him even though he doesn't earn that? honor and respect, or she doesn't earn that honor and respect. And so, yeah, he was, again, going back to the whole context of Titus 2 and sound doctrine is, are you able to love people you disagree with, to love people and be patient with people who are just annoying, driving you nuts, trying to, you know, build a wall rather than build a bridge? Because he continues then this thought, and here's where we get into the laws and the rules, and that's sarcasm. Verse 11 through 14, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great 
God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So, oh no, Paul just said that grace is actually what teaches us to say no to sin. But I constantly hear people that because we teach grace here at Hill City, that we are giving people a license to sin. Right. But actually, if you look at the scripture, <laughs> Titus 2 tells us that grace is what empowers us to say no to sin. And it seems to Paul that grace is what really is sound doctrine, which again is ironic and which again is just grace is simply to love people well, love as Christ has loved us. Yeah. And so Paul mentions sound doctrine in the beginning. He tells us what sound doctrine is. And then verse 15, he wraps up this whole thing by, by saying this, and it's just one sentence. These are the things you should teach. Yeah. This is teaching sound doctrine. <laughs> All the things that we just mentioned, right? No rule other than to love well, yep. Yep. right? So grace then empowers us to live with love, compassion, empathy, integrity, and it's giving value to others. Right. Whenever we're hearing messages of empowerment for us to do that, it's sound doctrine. Yeah. And I don't know why, honestly, when you look at this stuff, I am really bothered and boggled that so many people have such a problem with grace and why people just assume that grace, if people hear grace accurately, they're just going to go and do whatever they want. They've already been doing whatever they want. Usually when, when people hear grace accurately, it should empower and challenge their motivations. Cause I think motivations is more important than your behavior. Like if you, if you are doing good things simply to get a blessing, your motivation is revealed. And you've missed the fact that you are already blessed because of Christ in you. And so you do good not to gain a blessing. You do good because you already are blessed. And that changes the reason for why you live for Jesus, in my opinion. Right. And so grace is yet yeah, what empowers us to look at sin and say, oh, man, for the first time ever, I might, I know that I'm free to do that because in grace you are free to do that. But do you really want that? And are you going to deal with all the consequences that come with living that way? So now you actually, for the first time, have to make a conscious, responsible decision. Are you going to live in that momentary pleasure or sin or whatever it is you want, you think you want, or are you going to be able to say no to that because you know you're free to it and you'll still be loved, but you recognize that that's not what you really want? Yeah. And I think it's one of the things you mentioned, grace and how it's preached. If we are hearing accurate grace-based messages it should lead people to say, wait, we can do whatever we want. Mm -hmm. We can sin and right. That's what the, you know, the church in Corinth were asking Paul. Yeah. Wait, so should we keep on sinning so that grace may abound? Like the grace message Paul was preaching caused people in Corinth to say, oh, should we, I mean, if grace is going to abound, should we keep on sinning? And he yeah. goes, well, absolutely not. Yeah. But it at least led to that question. Yeah. And, you know, I really think that, and as we kind of wrap this, this podcast up, when it comes to how we love, what sound doctrine is, I think is, are we like Christ on this earth in how we live, living with love? And I say that because um, it's First John 2, 6, and it says, anyone who claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Hmm. So if we claim to live in him, are we living like he did when he was on this world? Mm -hmm. Because he is on this world. He lives through us. Crazy. Yeah. And I'll give you one last verse. Third John 1 11 says, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. 
And I want, I wanted to bring this up as we close this out. Cause again, we're talking about sound doctrine is about loving people. Well, you would think the verse says anyone who does what is good is from God. And then because of that, anyone who does what is evil is not from God, but that's not what the verse says. The verse says anyone who does not, or anyone who does what is good is from God, but anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. In other words, it's not that they're not from God. It's that they haven't seen the revelation that they're loved. It's that they haven't seen Christianity flourish because we're known for loving people. So disagree with our message all we want. I love what he said in, uh, which was it? Was it verse two or I can't remember what he said. What he said, uh, they might, dis oh yeah, verse eight. Soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. So, okay, beat up our message, disagree with our message, that's fine. But at least if you do life with us, people will say, man, they might believe some crazy things, but they sure do love really well. Yeah. And that's all that matters is are you loving well? In fact, John 13, 35, he'll know that you're a disciple by your love for one another, not by your understanding of scripture, not by how well you preach, not by how much you give, church attendance, all that stuff. No, it's by how, how well you love. And so many people are so dissatisfied that that's the only rule is to love well because it really is that simple, but then it is really that hard because then you're supposed to love the people you disagree with and who vote differently than you. So that's it. That's all we have. Yeah. What is sound doctrine? It is any message that we hear that is empowering us to love well. Yeah. And if you're hearing that kind of message, then it is sound doctrine. At least according to Paul in Titus <laughs> in Titus chapter 2. And that is why we think that you should be representing Jesus in a loving well, because maybe people would stop doing evil when they see God in you. Mm -hmm. Love it. Just with that, just know you're loved and there's nothing you can do about it. 